Warning. The following podcast features terrible jokes, usually about board games. Like those jokes your dad tells that make you groan. Yeah, those kind of jokes. Accordingly, Boards and Swords and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate any joke performed on this podcast. Watch very closely now. Three, two, one. Bazow! Check that out. We want the phone. <laughs> Gotta have that phone. Is it okay? If, so if it's okay if like when the bread touches the fries. Do I really want to just stand still and cast a lightning bolt? No, I want to avoid you and shove a lightning bolt across. I just crap my alien <laughs> pants. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I just want to let you guys know. Uh-huh. You hate um, all of us, and, and we're uh, fired. <laughs> I've I've released poison into the AC system. <laughs> you all have about five minutes left to live. So much news, like all this stuff to talk about. No, there's been some stuff, but it was all boring. You didn't go with C. Well, you need to go with C. And our friends, we we combined. You told that story. We combined. Have I told it on the podcast? I'm yes, pretty sure yeah. you told have. it. Well, I'm twice. telling it again because I just realized as I was reading this that this game's already been done. They even made a show about it. It's called Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and go watch it. This is Boards and Swords. Hello out there, you wonderful people. Welcome to Boards and Swords. This is a podcast which features bad jokes, good folks, and some tabletop games as well. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Chris Renshaw. Uh, first, I'm going to throw it to uh, over there. I'm going to throw it up to the internet in the corner there. We got Mr. Philip Herbig. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> and then we have Jimmy and Corey here live in studio. Hello. Guess who's who? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Mm. I mean, currently they're both kind of rocking long, luxurious locks. That is true. His hair's longer than mine. <laughs> Indeed it is. Is that by design? Were you uh, like measuring it and be like, okay, it needs to be this long? No, no. I just got a haircut and uh, brought in a lot of pictures. And uh, the haircut I got was nothing like the photos. So it was <laughs> way shorter. So, yeah. yeah okay, for a second I thought you like brought in Jimmy to the, to the, oh, yeah. the hair salon and be like, I need it no. shorter than that. Could you please <laughs> cut my hair to look like this? <laughs> I'd like to match my husband. Matching haircuts. That's a thing, right? Yeah. Match, I'm sure somebody's got to do that. We wear similar cuts. clothes very often. <laughs> Most days I get home and I'm like, why did you put on the same color pants and shirt as me? But like, are you getting up when he is? No. no. So he's getting up first? I get dressed first. And then so, he comes and he so, says goodbye. I never open my eyes. So <laughs> technically... You put on the same clothes as him. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Nope. Mm-mm. I think we both just have a lot of earth tones. Yeah, we just both own. <laughs> yeah. When earth. We, earth? I think earth. it's earth tones. This, this, this might be too young for Corey and Jimmy, but I'm like, is this like this episode of Doug where his <laughs> oh, outfit like was on some TV show and then he yeah. brings everyone over and shows them his closet and it's just 12 yeah. of the same damn yeah. thing? Dude, yeah. dude. I thought, I think I've said this on this podcast before, but I was convinced when I was younger that the end of the Doug theme song was him going, chicken pot pie, but chicken, chicken pot pie. <laughs> <laughs> It was on this. It was gonna be. It was probably an outtake somewhere. Yeah, believable. All right. Uh, so we took a week off, which was a good thing because I was exhausted, and uh, also that was the day that I tried to fix a dishwasher and it was all over the floor, which was oh. not a good idea. Damn. Because <laughs> it, I assembled it and it still didn't work. <laughs> what? What do you have to fix? I was trying to replace a heating element. Hmm. Fun. Yeah. So electricity and water. Yeah. Great time. Oh yeah. Totally. Uh, so yeah, uh, we got a lot of news, so I'm going to hit that thing. Where's Phil pitting it? <laughs> okay. News. All right. Yeah. Uh, I got 12 different news stories here, so buckle up. All right. 
because we're, all we're gonna reuse some sound bites. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sure some of these are not going to be worth talking about, but some of them I felt like I had to bring up in some regard or people would be like, why didn't you talk about this thing? And I'm like, there's only this many slots. Okay. First up, let me go here. Uh, I'm going to warn you. It's hard to make jokes for, uh, it's hard to make jokes for 12 different news stories. So some of these are good. Some are bad. And some I didn't even try. But this is this is the service you provide. Yeah. So uh, yeah. for a game that's about fighting chaos, this first one, Games Workshop doesn't like it when things fall flat, like that joke just did. Hey. That was again. That was more of a statement than Got a joke. It. <laughs> it, was a good, it. it was a good statement. Uh, so Games Workshop in the six months that in, that ended in uh, November twenty seventh, they fell flat in North America. Reported flat sales at constant currency. I don't even know what that means. Flat sales at constant currency. Does that mean adjusted for they inflation? They accounted for inflation? Yeah, but does inflation change that much? I guess it does because currency changes all the time. Yeah. Uh, in its half-year report, flat sales were due to slow ordering rates from its third-party trade customers and flat sales in its own stores, the company said. Flat sales came despite an increase in the number of outlets carrying Games Workshop products. The company added 119 trade outlets in that period. And had five more of its own stores at mid-year 2022 than it did a year ago. This isn't where we wanted to be, uh, the company said in its report. Guess what? Right after this report came out, they announced they're raising their prices. Yeah. It's like, hmm, do you think maybe one involves the other? Yeah. Well, you said that they they dropped for six months and then they increased their prices? So then the, the report came out that said, oh, man, our sales dropped. And then like a day or two later the news article came out that's like, we're raising prices! But their prices increased after the sales drop. Yes. So something else was happening there too already. So they're just well, kicking themselves or shooting themselves in the foot again. So yeah, there's a couple of factors there. Right now we are in the... Uh, in a recession. Uh, we are in a... Re- so there's that. Uh, there's outside of Games Workshop, there's a recession and this is a big expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, stuff is just ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to the inflation part. So yeah. it's already expensive, and you just made it more expensive. Uh, and then lastly, we are in a big lull for, especially in 40K, where people are losing interest rapidly in the game because it's kind of like everyone's kind of done with this edition. There's all this rules bloat, and they uh. fixed some of it. So maybe there's like a start, and there's increasing speculation that there's a new edition coming out this summer. So why invest in this one? Is that, that, is that? What, that's yeah. the idea? Well, it's also like everyone's leaving to play other games. Gotcha. Like I, I've seen this in our own store where there's, you know, like everybody I used to, are, that would like play in our, our Saturday night game nights, they're all showing up to Tuesday to Infinity to learn how to play the, the Infinity War game. Mm. You know, like our, our Battletech group has surged, you know, from people that have, you know, just lost interest. They just, it's not fun for them anymore. Gotcha. Or they've got all this, these armies and then a new rule book comes out. And it's like, uh, you just crapped all over my army and it's not worth playing anymore. It's not fun. So I'm going to go play this other game. Uh, yeah. Ten- yeah. We're getting all sorts of leaks that 10th edition is coming in June. And there's all sorts of leaks, which is funny because the leaks all say something differently. So my head canon is, is all these leaks are true that uh, because they're all coming supposedly from reputable sources. And it's just people are getting different versions of the playtest document. 
that just makes the assumption that Games Workshop playtests, though, which is in itself a bad problem because we wouldn't be where we are if they did do regular playtests. Yeah. Hey, why don't we try out a game that isn't the most expensive one for a change? <laughs> yeah, it is ridiculous. It is funny when you go to the store and there's a there's a Battletech box for four minis that are already assembled for like $19. And you're like, I can't even get one mini from Games Workshop yeah. for that price. And it's in pieces. <laughs> do you think that a new edition can really save the fact that people are just losing interest oh yeah okay oh, yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean i guess it would be the equivalent you know a new edition of D D. Like, yeah oh, I gotta see what no that's edition that that new edition about. will be a bomb drop on okay. on the sales well, as far was, as when did ninth edition come out uh 20 2020 i believe it was 2020 because oh, okay. it was like the worst time for it to come out because most like our store we didn't start first playing it until summer of 21 so what's involved in a new edition? Just new rules? New rules. Uh, new usually game. it's it's a big box. You know, it'll be like starter set. it'll be like a two hundred two hundred fifty dollars starter set that's got two armies in it. That's mm. whatever the theme of the story that they're going for in this new edition. Okay. Cur the current rumor is that it'll be the Dark Angels versus the Tyranids. Who the Tyranids are like the Zerg in StarCraft. Mm. So that's the current rumor. All right. Cool. And this is why I had to put all the stories in here because we just spent that much time talking about sales. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this next one is another one. No joke here because it involves... Uh, it involves... It's heavy? Oh, no. Sexual assault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heavy. So... Uh, it's heavy. I, yeah. Uh, tabletop, ex tabletop accessories maker Wormwood responded to allegations of mishandled sexual assault claims. So, yeah... There's there's a lot to unpack here. So I'm going to start with what happened and then we'll get into the the news article here. So apparently, I want to say it was the end of you guys you guys watched. Did you watch the video that came I out about the this? I watched response and then okay. I read a couple Reddit posts about it and was like this is messy and not something that I have enough information yeah. to respond to. Right. So according to the things that have come out in winter, it was, it was either winter 2019 or I don't know when their holiday party, it might've been yeah. January, 2020, they had a holiday party and there were, uh, apparently there wasn't a sexual, there was a sexual assault that happened by one of their coworkers to somebody that wasn't a uh, employee. It was, of a guest at the party. it was a guest at the party. And it happened on Wormwood grounds. Mm. Apparently, it didn't get reported till a year ago, as I think what the... No, I think that it came out pretty soon after, and then some. they were fired, and then soon after that... Okay, no, this was right after. Okay, yeah. it was recently got brought back up. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, so uh, basically, in, in early January 2020... Uh, an employee was basically spreading allegations that a third party was the one doing the assault. No, it was another coworker. It was a third. Sorry, when I say third, yeah. I meant like not them and not the the victim. Gotcha. Sorry, there were three people. It, the story is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it came out on Twitter about a month ago. Somebody said, "Hey." I got fired because I reported this event and then I got fired right afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then Wormwood. So the, the, that was the big tagline. Everybody's like getting pissed off and like, what the hell? This is wrong. Blah, 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 blah. So I didn't see the video first. Gotcha. I saw the press release. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this isn't bad. Basically what it, the, the, the story went. And again, I'm paraphrasing. So the chance of me getting some details wrong is that the person 
that reported it made a big hubbub about it and was spreading a lot of and using it to spread gossip in the workplace and got reported by somebody else saying like, hey, this person is talking about this person might have done this thing. And then he got they both actually got fired, both the yeah. assaulter and the one spreading the gossip for causing a uh, disruptful work environment. Or a hostile work hostile environment. work environment. Yeah. So I saw the press release about it and I was like, okay, that makes sense. Cool. But then I saw everyone still in an uproar and I was like, what is going on? And I saw there was a video. Yeah. So there was a video where all that information that I just said was in that video, but it was tone deaf to all get out where I don't even know how it, it was basically like behind the scenes of how the press release got drafted. Yeah. But it shouldn't have been something that got filmed. It wasn't a, pro- a behind the scenes because it was the HR guy saying, I already wrote the thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, but yeah. I, I, but that's the way it came off as like. It was more like Doug wanting to tell his side of the story. Right. Yeah. But. And being mad that people online were like coming but, at him. Yes. But in yeah. a way, the problem, like the least I felt, he made it all about him. But he's probably the one who's getting... Right, the, but I'm saying, yeah. like, I it's, don't know. I agree that it's not a good look. It, like, I, just, it's hard to explain yeah. what was wrong. And they've pulled the video, actually. I looked it up on their channel. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. In the 14-minute video, the the CEO and co-founder attempts to establish a timeline event and official actions accompanied by... Um, oops, I lost my track of that. Accompanied by the chief business officer and uh, head of human resources and their attorney... The editing and handheld filming style match the company's Worm Life series, which usually take a humorous and lightly scripted approach to capturing work culture within the company. Uh, at the beginning, they states it views any allegation of proper conduct, including not limited to sexual assault, as a significant allegation takes it very seriously. I'm trying to remember. I was trying to see if they went into any detail about maybe. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, it was the press release was fine. The story was fine. But then it was just like when they... And the problem with it is the kind of lackadaisy attitude that they had in, or at least Doug had in the video was the very same reason that when I heard the story at first, I was like, that makes sense because it just established the kind of, I think I had, it it was the tone. I had a different vibe. I watched it as someone being like, oh man, it must be so hard to deal with HR in a world where like social media works. Well, I'm talking like, about before I saw it? the video. But yeah, so I I'm saying I saw like the, the video tone first. of their other videos. Yeah. You know where you know you hear Doug talk all the time about uh, how Safety he hates dirt. running a business and you know, yeah. he doesn't want to be like regular corporate America and this and that. So when I heard the first allegation, I was like, I can see that because he talks all the time about this. And then the video kind of, you know, you have that similar tone of, you know, this is how an HR would do this. And I think even the HR guy there was like, we shouldn't be filming this. Yeah. And so, you know. So I didn't watch it as an HR thing. I watched it as watching someone respond personally to right. someone being mad at him on the internet, which is probably not what you should do. But uh, that was more of the vibe that I got. It just goes back to, you got to remember you represent the company. So what you say, even if it's a personal yeah. opinion, 
Would you have just not made a statement? No, no, no. I think the state that yes, I don't yeah. think the video should have been made. I yeah, I don't think that I feel the need to comment on it. Like it just is messy and sad all around. Yeah. Uh, and like the person who got assaulted isn't making comments about it, right? This is we don't know who it is. So the person and it's... who had brought it up is the person who was making a hostile work environment, correct? And they wanted to bring it back up, correct? And it turns out there was like a third party that brought it up, and then somebody when when it started becoming extinct, the employee was like, "Oh, by the way, that was me." Yeah, and that, so if they told it to somebody and then somebody posted it online and, you know. It just feels like shit stirring to shit stir. Like no right. one is a good guy or no one can make a good response to this. It also sucks that someone got assaulted there. Like, right. And the comments are more, yeah, I don't know. Ugh, I don't like it. Ugh. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move on now. <laughs> Sorry, when I laugh at my own jokes, you know, at least it's a decent <laughs> one. Uh, so in this next story... Uh, Paizo announced that they will not allow AI-generated submissions into their products. Uh, they said, we'll leave the bad decision-making to Wizards of the Coast. Oh, wow. Is Wizards of the Coast allowing AI stuff in? No, but I, it's oh. just... Oh, it's just bad decisions. Yeah. Was just, no, I was, <laughs> yeah, that was the joke. Got, gotcha. That's the joke. Uh, so... so Paizo, the Seattle-based gaming company known for Pathfinder and Starfinder, has announced its stance in the use of AI-generated content because this has become a big buzz. Mm. Like with the kids' books on Amazon. Well, that and like you can some. Uh, you, there are some news articles I've seen where it's like you can tell this was probably AI written. Yeah. Uh, in a st statement released on Wednesday, the company cited the ethical and legal issues surrounding AI-generated art and writing prompts the potential threat they pose to the livelihoods of traditional artists. Uh, it will stipulate that all works submitted for publication must be created by a human. Uh, it's taking a firm stance that, that customers expect a human touch to their releases. Yeah, it comes at a time when there's been a surge in interest and quality of algorithm-generated imagery and text. So, yeah, that makes... That makes total sense to me, and I, I think it's a good thing that they said that, um, mainly because, A, you get that the, the nice PR bump there, yeah. and B, it's kind of one of those stating, like, hey, we've got an expectation of quality from people, and we're, we're firm on that. So is this, um, by submissions, do they mean, so can people submit, like... Uh, they get submissions for materials? artwork and module stuff all the time. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I think they have, like, an open submission policy. Okay, got it. Um, okay. And then I guess they just like buy, they pick things to buy from I believe so. creators. I'm not going to pretend to know how the inside and outs are. I would imagine they probably farm out more artwork than they do the writing. Because I imagine, I imagine a lot of the writing is done in-house. Um, and they probably have a, they have probably have a bunch of uh, artists, but I would imagine that they farm out to get you know, because yeah. usually you have to generate a lot of art for these different kind of projects. You're saying you're wondering how they're going to screen? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be hard. I would imagine, I mean, it'll come, like, it says, I don't know if they'll have to screen, but it's written in their contracts, so. If they find out. If they post. find out, then you're going to get sued. Got it. That's the that's the way it is. So now, <laughs> yeah, Watsi will definitely jump on the AI train if they can. <laughs> Anything. To so now, my profits, my question man. is, um, so like AI generated writing prompts. 
that's just like two sentences. Yeah. And then if so, like um, the website we were screwing around with years ago, um, who the who the f is my D and D character dot right. com, like is like as long as I still write the story, correct? I can just get an idea from somewhere, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. But that but you're not submitting the idea to to Paizo. You would be submitting the work that you made from the idea. Yeah. Okay. They don't want you to chat GPT. It. Yeah. Like well, chat like chat I, B, I GPT you can understand that. Yeah. I was just cuz like it says right in there writing prompts and mm. I'm like mm. it, that's an idea. Like uh it might be it maybe it's a they may ask for submissions that's like ideas for them to go off of and they don't want those to be um cuz maybe i i again this is i okay, don't know so they don't want me to just like submit 12 things in a row from who's my dnd character.com correct okay they want me to like click on it once and then write a backstory about that idea yeah, or it could be like when you write the email that says this is what my adventure module is, you're literally copying pasting the writing prompt that you got from chat GPT or whatever. That sure you may have written something, but the 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 elevator pitch you're giving them is something that was AI generated, you know? Gotcha. You I mean, you could easily just reword that stuff. It's a weird it's a weird place. Yeah. I do see that I like is I, this the whole like yeah, you can copy my homework but change the answers a little bit? Yes. <laughs> I imagine that's going to happen. No. But like me personally, I understand this where people are getting all, but especially when it comes to like artwork, I see this as a great tool for small independent companies that maybe don't have the budget to afford artists. And like, I like say you yourself write up a module. You don't have a budget for an artist. You got to do some AI generated work. Just depends on Put what the some... AI is trained on. Like right. if it's trained on artists that didn't, agree oh yeah that's that's another ethical question in general you know then maybe you get some money and you can actually afford to do better art but you know it's like you got to start somewhere and if ai is trained on art that artists have been paid for then Correct. you're great because you're paying the artists and you're making some cool inexpensive art the AI tech becomes yeah. sufficiently advanced, people will use it. Oh yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's scary, especially with the new AI tech that can um better modulate and like fake voices. I feel like oh, that's my gonna make God. life really hard. Like the there's the the like I saw one did, or uh, I I've been hearing someone on TikTok where it's like people uh faking other people playing video games where yeah. it's like the different U.S. presidents yeah. playing Fortnite or something. Oh. Yes. First <laughs> off, I love those videos. They're great, but I, they like, are the, hilarious. The ideas really scare me for when I'm in my 80s and I'm like, how will yeah. I know things are real? Yeah, we were just talking about. We that. were. I heard somebody talk about that, but then it comes back to media literacy. Well, that and also like we've had Photoshop forever. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This has been. Th it's just uh, this is a new aspect of a current problem. Agreed. I so, think it's a. I think it's a little bit harder though when you don't know mm -hmm. coding. You don't know how to like properly go back and figure out if something is real or not when you're listening to an audio file. Right. Like I don't know how to tear apart an audio file. I, I know, can but look I'm, at a I, JPEG and figure out. Not necessarily. That are there are some things where like people have photoshopped really, you know, really that's well. True. And so sometimes you'd be like, "Oh, that's true," and then somebody, the person that maybe is the subject, goes, "That's fake," and you go, "Well, I guess I gotta have to take that's their fair. word for it." That's kind of the same route you have to go where somebody goes like, no, that wasn't me. All right. I agree. I think it's just, it's just scary. I mean, Photoshop's scary. This scary. Yeah. We're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty easy to make the next game we're going to talk about here. The uh, butt of a joke. Uh, and that is, uh, it's a card game. Butts on things. Butts on. 
is Fantastic. a card game about items that look like arses. See, this is one of those stories that like would easily get knocked off, and I was like, this is too good not to we talk about. This. Do you see oh, that coffee pot that. with the booty? Uh-huh. It's fantastic. A new card game challenges players to match cards and depicting various items that look like butts. Look, there's a butt toilet paper roll. Butts on Things is an upcoming game that is two to four players spending about 20 frantic minutes looking at R-shaped objects for on cards. Uh, during the fast-moving game, players will be laying down cards within a grid with all players working on the same shared grid. As players lay down their butt cards, uh, they'll be keeping an eye out for any cards that have matching illustrations on. Uh, if a row or column ever begins and ends with matching cards, players will want to quickly capture that row or column for themselves. So it kind of reminds me of that uh, Taco Cat Go Cheese Pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time I bring up this story, Rusted Beetle is just disgusted with it. Like, he doesn't who like would play? Who what? Who goes wants a filler game and says, "I want this"? And I was like, "Who doesn't want that as a filler game?" Like, am I in the wrong groups? <laughs> I love how the tagline is, it's the cheek-to-cheek card game. game. Fantastic. (laughs) It's tiny. The art's cute. Now, I will say that this looks like something that could have been an idea that could have been AI generated. (laughs) I was going to say, is this AI art? (laughs) Chat GPT. Donuts with butt. Give give me a photo. Huh? Oh, the the U in the the title title looks like a butt, too. (laughs) I need a coffee pot that looks like a butt. That was it. I don't have anything else to say. It's fantastic. Moving on. <laughs> Excited to play. There's it. no price yet, but when there is, we're we're picking it up. Sixty-nine ninety-nine. Uh, yeah. Do you need practice for bringing home all those new board games from the next con? This next board game is for you. It's called Stack and Stuff. Stack and Stuff. Lookout Games will release a patchwork spinoff into U.S. retail. Philip, this is your job as a, <laughs> or almost, right. almost. You're not filling oh, the yeah. trucks. Nope, I just uh, give it to you. Lookout Games will release Stack It Stuff, a patchwork game, into retail on February 24th, 2023. So it's already out. This this is one of those stories that was a little old. Uh, players assume the roles of movers trying to find a way to pack up a moving truck. They have to pack up the truck in a cost-effective and efficient manner before daylight runs out. On each turn, the last player on the time track chooses one of three furniture items. They have to pay transportation costs and spend the loading time. Then they get a patch for their truck game board. Player packs the truck the best and earns the most money wins. Hmm. So nice. It's only two players. Uh, yeah. This game is for two players, age of six and up. Yes. Well, the original uh, original patchwork was two players. So that makes sense. Oh, okay. Plays about thirty minutes. Retails for twenty nine ninety nine. Did they show you what the board looks like? Is uh, it like a patchwork board? No. I don't know. Not in this article, but I'm sure we could find out. Mm. But I patchwork is great. Have y'all played patchwork? Yeah, okay. I think right. No, I'm thinking of Azul. It's got the it's got the Tetris board fabric shapes. scraps with like buttons on. Maybe them? I have played it, guys. I hit my new high score in Tetris today: six hundred fifty-four thousand four hundred twenty-two <laughs> points. No, it's pretty high. It felt great. Anyway, what was your previous? Six hundred and forty something thousand. Woo! What are you playing on? Just on your phone? Tetris on a computer. Ah. Can you imagine playing on a phone? No. My God. And yes, uh, Jimmy is on a mic. He was just being quiet. Yep. I don't (laughs) know if I can hear you into my my headphones. Can you hear him? I can hear him. Okay, cool. Cool. Maybe I'll just put my mouth on the microphone. That is usually the approach. Cool. He's got to eat the mic. Got to eat the mic. Anyway, I think that stack and stuff will be really fun. I like games with Tetranominoes. I got Patchwork if you want to take that and play it. I wonder, I wonder it's also an app like, on the phone. Oh, phone. Yeah. But I, I know like, Rusted Beetles played a lot of Patchwork. What was that, Philip? 
I want to like contact this company and be like, hey, you should pitch that maybe you haul should. Yeah, you haul should. That requires a licensing fee, though. Could be fun. Okay. Yeah, it could be fun to have a you know a moving truck themed board game in the moving truck store. Yeah, or just even cart carry it. Yeah. yeah Do you want to have one more thing to carry between your moves? <laughs> Buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> All you right. Buy this game. You get to use the moving blankets for free. <laughs> <laughs> We've hid one in every moving blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a moving blanket, it comes with a board game. Mm. There you go. Hey, you know, you get the regular truck for this price, but if you upgrade to the larger truck, we'll throw in this board game. There you you go. could just rent the truck, keep it in the parking lot, play the game in the back of the truck oh, for ambiance. Ambiance. That sounds like a great video idea. And Phil if will... I, if we had decent money for this, I would do that. I would seriously <laughs> do that as a video. Uh, and then we're gonna, me and Phil are gonna put it on expert mode while you guys play, and you have to play on the lift gate, and we're just gonna lift the lift gate <laughs> back and forth, up and down. No, 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 no. no, no. Ex- expert, but I also say expert mode is playing it while the truck is driving. Oh no, <laughs> pa- Phil, does Not you allowed, all have but... trucks with a uh, lift gate? No. Okay, then I never mind. Yeah, they they, they advertise the load of the ground, so you don't need a lift gate. Mm. We have a ramp. You know, I call you haul uhaul uhaul. Anyway. Next. What do you Next. call what do you call Penske? Penske. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pensky. <laughs> All right. Uh this next game could be the Apex of video game oh. adaptations. Oh. Uh Apex Legends is coming to be a board game. What does that man have a crow? Uh yeah, apparently. Pretty cool. I know Apex this is another one of those I had to throw it in because Apex Legends is popular. I've never it played popular. it. It's a battle royale game. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a shooter. Erica Ishii is in it. Oh, mm-hmm. is that Erica in the front middle? It might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nice. Yeah. So Glass Cannon Unplugged has in- announced a long-term licensing partnership with Electronic Arts and Respawn Entertainment to produce a tabletop adaptation of the shooter game Apex Legends. Can we take a break and just appreciate all of their names? Can you go back <laughs> up there? Respawn Entertainment. Fantastic. Glass, Glass Cannon, Cannon Unplugged. Unplugged. So good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't uh, have much to say about it. So there. Yeah. Is, May seventeenth is so when the Kickstarter. Game. Does it say it's going to be cooperative, or I mean, why would it be cooperative? It's a battle royale, right? Yeah. It's a team versus team oh, miniatures game. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, miniatures. Yeah. Okay. In, in Apex, sense. you can be um, a three-man team, three-person team. Oh, have you actually played Apex? No, I um, I watched Stone Mountain 64 stream it. Oh. Uh, of course, Philip has the any experience on I this. I appreciate that, Phil. He's more Warzone right now. Okay. Uh, All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, when Pirates Code, is that considered the uh, C of Thieves, or is it C++? Uh, hey. Best joke of the night. Ah! I didn't know if anybody would get that one. So Steamforge Games, (laughs) Steamforge Games concerns Sea of Thieves board game in collaboration with Rare. So Sea of Thieves. So uh, yeah, this was the okay the video game. The video game, the MMO. The MMO. Mm. Inciting news for fans of the popular video game Sea of Thieves. They've confirmed they're developing a board game based on the pirate theme game in collaboration with Rare. Uh, As I'm gonna scroll down, see. See at these video game, which was developed by Rare and released in 2018, has amassed a dedicated following thanks to its immersive world and the fact that it's free on uh, Xbox <laughs> Game Pass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, exciting gameplay and unique pirate-based th- setting. Toast that one with a cup of java. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> it is good. Uh, it promises to capture the same sense of adventure and exploration that made the video game so popular. 
Players will take on the roles of pirates and navigate the high seas, battling rival crews, discovering treasure, and facing off against terrifying sea monsters. Kind of sounds like your standard pirate board game. Correct. Um, I mean, nothing will be as good as Seafall. Uh, <laughs> <Never. of course. laughs> Go die in a fire. <laughs> Um, no, this might actually be good <laughs> versus yeah. yeah, so uh, what's the what's the game we played that had the app companion? Yeah. Sea um, of Legends. Sea that of one Legends. was great. That was good. So I I mean I the way this is described makes it seem a lot like Correct. that. Which the is art fine. is similar which looking too. I would be fine with. Right. It's just see if Thief has a brand name attached to it so it will get that buzz. Yeah. Uh it will get that buzz. Get that buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Steamforge games, the, the the games I've played, they've done pretty good job of translating video games to, to board games so far. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, that's the the Horizon Zero Dawn. That's the that's yeah, okay. them. Uh, the I don't think Philip, you you didn't play the Resident Evil game that I talked about on here. Mm, no, I don't think you did. I think it was I played that with other people. But yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah. So. Cool. That's my hope is that it is kind of like that in that same vein as that yeah. that uh. Mm-hmm. That Sea of Legends game. I enjoy one of those story things. You go to the and space, you get a story card. Correct. Make that's a, a decision. That's the the fact that it's kind of like unlike some of these other games, which are like RPGs turned into games or like dungeon crawl kind of things. This is like an MMO type yeah. game. So I'm hoping there's that exploration and kind of story piece as a part of the game right so all right speaking of pirates i know that this next story is probably referring to the pirate black flag but i just wanted to note that and keep in mind as i'm reading this next story that in nascar a black flag means that a car needs to be penalized or fixed because it's too dangerous to proceed now having said that uh cobol press has announced that they are doing project black flag which is aiming to improve 5e dungeons and dragons huh interesting so what they want to are they making a version? companion or like just their own system where they're like it's going to be better than D, but it's not D, it's legally distinct i think the answer to is yes to both of those questions okay based on what i read in here Uh, They have a new project called Project Black Flag, which is designed to improve the popular 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. The company released its first playtest packet on Monday, which generated a lot of interest and questions from the community. Uh, In response to the overwhelming demand, they released a design diary explaining the purpose and goals of the project. The primary objective is to challenge the monopoly of the current version of Dungeons & Dragons and provide a better alternative. The team believes that the current 5e system is fantastic, but it can still be improved. The project aims to maintain the best aspects of 5e while adding new and necessary changes that make it better for both players and game masters. <laughs> Soon to be renamed as Project Booty. <laughs> so so are they pulling a Pathfinder? I believe yeah. they're pulling a Pathfinder. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, the, it kind of is- seems like, you know, every other RPG system could be said to trying to, I don't know, just do something different. Correct. And provide a different or perhaps superior experience to the, Dungeons and Dragons. The I mean, difference here is that aside from Wizards of the Coast, almost nobody puts out more 5e content than Cobalt Press. I was going to say, what else is Cobalt Press? Cobalt done? Press, basically, and if you... If you were to look up like the top selling 5e games or 5e books and you crossed out all the Wizards of the Coast ones, the next ones are going to be Cobalt Press. Okay. Like there's uh, uh the, the there was the book that the third party book that 
our GM Chris had that had all the magical items in it. Gotcha. That was Cobalt Press. Uh, let's see. I could just let's open let's open up their website and see. There we go. Let's see if I can get. But they 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 do like the Tome of Beasts and let's see. They also do like the Cobalt's Guide to like world building and stuff and uh da, 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 Cobalt's Guide to Dun- yeah Tome of Beasts Layers uh uh campaign okay. builders cities and towns. So they got I a w- bunch of resources that go with 5e. Correct. But now they want to make their own Correct. system. Okay. Yep. And they're like so they're basically like 5e's good, but uh we think we could do it better. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, mean, I always love when people add little homebrew additions to any sort of system that they're doing. So, so I was just more wondering like with the new D&D like rules around selling homebrewed stuff. Are Correct. they trying to get that out before That's part of the reason of them doing this probably. To get it out fast. Or is just to say that like we don't want we don't want it to be where wizards can do that kind of stuff yeah. anymore and everyone just has to, you know, everyone stood you up against sit there and it. Take it. Yeah, exactly. We want to make and the, the other thing is is they have it's not the name it's not the they don't have the scope that like Wizards of the Coast would have, but if it's close enough to 5e, they've got the brand name. They've got a customer base already because yeah. their, Kickstarter, their Kickstarters get overfunded all the time. Yeah. And this will be, they've already said that all their stuff's going to go on that new Orc uh, open uh, RPG license thing that they're doing, um, that, that them and Paizo are doing. So, yeah, when people, when the gravy train caught fire, people decided it was time to get their own wagons. So... If it's similar enough to D&D and it's, you know, already got a decent fan base, which means you've already got GMs that are going to teach it to other people. It's like, hey, let's play this new game. Oh, is it? Is it? I don't want to play Pathfinder. I don't want to play, you know, uh, Power by the Apocalypse. No, it's literally 5e, but it's slightly different. Yeah. It's 5e, but legally distinct. we got rid of rules or um, um, like, for instance, some of the changes are... Uh, lineages and heritages so like the removal of ability score increases a new talent system to replace feats so we're talking small behind the scenes type changes uh where like your background isn't tied to gotcha. you know like like the example i like to use philip and i talked about this a while back when that when when wizards did this for D in some of the source books where you know like you're Physical prowess or your physical abilities shouldn't be based on your race is the is the is the argument. And yeah, yeah like I would offer up as proof is like me and uh me and Michael Phelps are both humans. Uh I definitely don't have any <laughs> like my capabilities are far different than his. You weren't born with arms or hands that exactly. just go down to your knees? Yeah, exactly. That man's long. <laughs> yeah, 5e adjacent. That's a good term. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited to see what they come up with. All right. Uh, I woke up this morning to find my cats being flung across my living room. Mm. Uh, that's what I get for building a cat to pulp. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, this is another one it was hard not to put in because it's just kind of like, what? Okay, okay, Popular okay, board okay. game Catapult Feud, which this just shows how out of touch I am with board games is I've never heard of this I've game never, before, yeah, but apparently it's popular. Board game. Sounds like Rusted Beetle's mom is stronger than Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, mom. They do not come with the same strength yeah, bonus. Yeah, she's stronger. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. I get it. Uh, but popular board game Catapult Feud to become animated series. Oh, 
Uh, board game enthusiasts and animation fans alike are eagerly... Are, are they really eagerly anticipating? Because this is the first time I heard about this. Uh, the upcoming animated TV series Catapult Feud. Vesuvius Media, the publisher of the critically acclaimed board game, is teaming up with animation studio Composition Media to bring the game to life on the small screen. It'll be led by Carl Reed, co-founder of Lion Forge Animation, which I think that's a serious studio. Like, this isn't just... Yeah. We got some off-name people to draw uh, us thing. Uh, it's it won the prestigious uh, catapult feud won the prestigious Australian Toy Association's Game of the Year in 2022. Uh, the game allows players to build their castles out of catapult plastic bricks, place their troops, load the catapults, and use cunning tactics to knock down their opponent's troops with other boulders. Um, we may have to get this game. <laughs> this cool. actually sounds like a game that's up our alley, Philip. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, I'm on. I'm on Lion Forge Animation's website. I've yeah, never heard of any of their work. Oh, okay. Are we thinking of Lion's Gate Could and be. not Lion's Could be. Forge? Well, because these um and and just like looking at some of these these appear to all be geared toward uh kiddos elementary middle school. That makes sense based on the uh based on the rest of this. I do not think this is for adults intended. I mean, we're gonna buy the game anyway. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. The, the 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 series. They're like, let's yeah. teach children about physics yeah. and also cat. The animated series follows two feuding families, the Cunning Fields and the Chauffeur. Cunning. Uh, who use catapults and conspiracies to conquer each other and rule the kingdom of Catapultia. Fantastic. Yes, that's why I got suckered into this game. So wait, Rob, do you have this game? Because I need to play this. I need you to, we need to, you need to message me. Because if I know somebody that has this, even better. Uh, despite their parents' inability to get along, the next generation of cunning fields and chauffeurs uh, have a plan to bring peace to their warring families. This sounds like Romeo and Juliet almost. I was just going there. I was like, Please <laughs> do not do that. Two houses alike in dignity, <laughs> with catapults the same. It doesn't say where. Like I was kind of. I, I got. I got some buzz about this in my in my inbox. I was kind of expecting. Uh, I was kind of expecting them to announce where it was going to be. You know, like, oh, yeah, we network. got this picked up by Netflix or Hulu or something. Yeah. Well, but I don't still, see that yet. Maybe they still have to sell it's it. not been, the release date has not been announced. So, but maybe, yeah, uh, it's sure to be a hit. Oh, apparently the art is inspired by uh, Monty Python, Monty Python. The, <laughs> the board game. Huh. Very fun. I, like I remember it. seeing a board game, not a board game, there was no board, but at PAX there was like a game where you had a catapult, not a catapult, a cannon. Sorry, do I need to move it closer? Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a cannon that you shot little uh, wooden, I think like little wooden cannonballs at, at your opponent's pirate ship or something. So this seems pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. The, so if anything, cool this, this you just... To build your own castle. It looks like in the game you kill people. So I wonder if in the kids show you kill people. Well, I mean, you knock them over. <laughs> well, if, okay, fair, no, fair. Maybe like they're Pokemon. not... Everybody faints. Maybe they're non-lethal catapults yeah. in, in the TV show. No one wants to be picked up by Netflix unless you want one season before being canceled. Fair. Hey, if it means more copies of this board game being sold, like they just sold me on it and I hadn't heard about this before. And it's entirely possible this was popular somewhere else. Like it did say it won an Australia. Australian award. Yeah. So that is entirely re like I will I will say that it's popular. It's, it, it, it's entirely possible it's popular here. And I just never heard of it because I'm just out of touch on things. Um, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, I threw this next story in specifically for y'all because uh -oh. we literally had this conversation last time you were on here well, before the show. I like it. 
Uh, this next game is creating quite the buzz over on BGG, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new number one board game on Board Game Geek, and that is Brass Birmingham. Wow. Good times. Now, when you said buzz, I thought you were going to say Brass is coming out with a beekeeping. No, I was going. Training. I was going with like the oh. beer buzzed. Yeah, well, How I'm, cool would that be? Yeah. Now I'm disappointed. So thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs> so uh, that. Uh, that said, I'll note that games tend to flip-flop in positions on the BGG rankings when the difference in the Geek ranking is less than a hundredth of the point. So Gloomhaven and Brass Birmingham likely spots slop spots for a while. But yeah. Yep. And Gloomhaven's still up there, huh? It's still up there. It's number two. So that like that's what he's saying. They'll 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 yeah. kind of move back and forth. But I've also been seeing that people trying to flip that on purpose, like they'll like mm. rate down Gloomhaven oh, to keep it so brass is on top because some people hate things when they're popular. Yeah. Um, people get really worked up about I just, thought this was weird just because it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I've, I've not been hearing more buzz about, and it's not like this game. Like, a lot of times it's when a game first comes out and it just slowly starts moving up. This this came out, it's been on, like, it's been in the top 10 or 20 for a while mm. and just suddenly started eking its way up the ter- up yeah. there. Mm. I just thought that was strange. Yeah, because it's like, like this is five, what, this game is five years, five years old, uh, yeah. 20, 2018. So just out of nowhere, hmm. five-year-old game comes and it's like, boop. I'm number one now. It's a bit wild. Look at me. Look at me. I'm mm-hmm. number one now. Maybe they re like switched around what the the rating system is. Didn't you say it's kind of opaque? People don't know what the rating. Yeah. How the or ranking works. it could be that just like a lot of people bought it. Like it could, maybe it was. Christmas? I mean, it could be as simple. It could be Christmas. It could be that that no Roxley problems. Games had a sale on their website, okay. and so a lot more people got it. A lot more people reviewed it and rated it, and so that pushed it over. We didn't play enough brass. I feel like I played two games of brass and then didn't play it again. If you ever yeah. want to play again, I'm in. I don't have any more. Oh, well. Yeah. we'll that was one of those it. that went off the, that went on. It Very was one fair. of those that was like, I don't, because it was, I, I had, I kept, I kept Lancashire yeah. because I did like that game, but it was one of those like, I am not going to be in the headspace anytime soon to play this. To make, uh, what is it, like a means of moving your beer around? Yeah. Well, that, well, no, I never had Birmingham. We borrowed that okay. and tried that out. Um, but Lancashire was the one that was just the iron and coal. Gotcha. Okay. That was the first one. That was the, the first one. The darker cover. The darker cover. Uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Birmingham is the lighter cover. Correct. Well, fun. Good yeah. job, Brass. Well done. What can I say? I'm happy for them. They put out an amazing game. Doing good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, when AI gets together, decides to overthrow us, will that be considered a robo rally? Uh, yeah. So Robo Valley, it's coming back. Did it? When did it go away? Uh, it's one of those that it goes out of print all the time, um, and like, they, people just stop making it. This looks like a mix between uh, Robo Wars and Beyblades. You've seen this game and probably didn't realize you were seeing said Fair. game. Fair. Is it Beyblades? So, <laughs> uh, journey back with me to Gen Con. Okay. okay. Which and one? Any of them. Okay. It's been there every single time. All right. Uh, when you go into the, uh, if you go in the front door, that's the corner where like the help desks are. Okay. Of the of the convention center. Yes. And right by the escalator, there'd always be a giant board on the ground with like what look like Lego uh, robots on yes. it. Then like there'd be like the the there'd be Wally mm-hmm. as one of them. There'd be like the Android symbol for like the operating system mm. and a bunch of other stuff. That was a giant size Robo Rally game. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Cool. So are the, you just trying to knock people out of the box? Uh, I th- I've never played it, but I believe it is a racing game where you like pre-program in 
uh, moves. You, you pre-program it. So I, I stood behind a couple people and looked at their, because they all get phones right. to um to control the things. There are movement, and there I saw some kind of attack mechanism as well. So yeah, I I knew Rusty Beetle had said this before, but yeah, Robo Rally is probably his favorite board game. So I never played to win the rally. I played to be the last spot standing. Nice. Yeah. So this game has been around for years. Cool. Um, it was owned by Hasbro, you know Hasbro. Aval I think Avalon Hill maybe. Uh, but recently, Renegade Game Studios got the rights to redo and republish a lot of games. Like they now publish Axis and Allies under their brand, even though it's technically a Hasbro. Uh, Hasbro Property. game. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, new addition to the classic board game into retail in August 2023. It was the it was the responsible for bringing together former Wizards of the Coast Peter Atkinson and Richard Garfield for the first time in the early days of Wizards of the Coast. So this predates Magic the Gathering. Uh, the new conversionist competitive game comes out under the Renegade banner and features new bells and whistles like six pre-painted robot miniatures and over 80 different race courses. The new game also includes options for short and long course races, as well as race courses with different difficulty levels. Uh, two game is for two to six players and for fifty dollars. This has been on my like my to play get list forever because I've heard people talking about it forever, and I've just never gotten around to playing it. Mainly because like the versions are always so old, so that always gets me. Like the the uh, the I, I, you know I'm a person where aesthetic yeah right. matters. Yeah. So, so Beetle and or Phil. It says that it has uh, what is it? Pre-programmed like cards. Are you just picking a couple different cards and like locking those yeah, in so and yeah, like, the, the way, abilities you get? Yeah, yep. the way I understood yeah, is like so there is a track you, on there, yeah. and like the robots have to maneuver the track, and even the tracks have like um uh like you hit this thing and all of a sudden your robot automatically takes it turns and goes away you didn't want to go um there was something about like running into another robot either completely damages or destroys so you have to like think about what my that everybody else can do and like plan a couple turns out cool. and then you like run the program to see like okay now i'm gonna move this way and move that way that's exciting yeah. And there there were plenty of times when, like, the guys would be like, yeah, I'm going to attack this guy. And in initiative order, he got to go first. So you just, like, not, it's not there missile anymore. into yeah. a wall. Boom. Nothing. No so free. for a second, I thought that these were, like, actual robots and you were, like, programming their IRs. That's, that's not I... it. It's that's, just cards. That's the way the, the giant, giant version, the giant version okay. is. Cool. That is That sounds very fun. Yeah. That's what, yes, the giant version of Gen Con is that way. Cool. All right. Uh, last one. So here we go. Do do do. Uh, two Magic the Gathering stories here, just because uh, it's kind of hard not to talk about Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering revives 14-year-old multiplayer format plane chase as a commander offshoot. I just want to let people know out there because there are potentially people in this community that used to play Magic back in the day and they're like, ooh, plane chase, that was fun. Well, you can get it again or cool. you will be able to. Can you scroll down just a little bit? Yep. Uh, that art is so cool. I love that <laughs> her hair is fire. Oh, yeah, Chandra. Chandra, Chandra Nalar, yeah. yeah. Cool. Who's the other person? Uh, Are they I cats? don't looks know. Like, looks like Sylvanas. Yeah. It does kind of look like Sylvanas. <laughs> All right, so one sec. Man, though, if your hair was fire and you're wearing full plate, well, full plate from the top up, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to get hot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by top up, I mean waist up. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, do, do, do. I'm plans. Uh, mice, you are shot, shoved, spun, dropped, etc., and then your bots keep following the programs right into a pit. Oh no! So, um, 
basically they are putting out a new the way wizards is doing this they're putting out a new uh set of commander decks and each one of these decks will include 10 oversized plane chase cards and the way this works is like each card the way plane chase works is uh you have to like capture so many planes um to to win but each plane has like a special thing like uh it, it twists the rules in a specific way where it's like maybe you draw two cards there at the beginning of your turn or you have to discard a card at the end of your turn or something I'm, I'm making this up but that's the way so it offers some variety it used to be its own separate format but now they're just bringing in the cards so that you could play it in the commander format cool so uh but more importantly Lord of the Rings comes to Magic the Gathering, a new set, Tales of Middle-Earth. This is interesting because Wizards has been doing a lot of Worlds Beyond is what they call it. When it's, this isn't a part of the Magic universe. It's we're making Magic cards out of whatever. Like they did 40K. They did Walking Dead. Did they do what we do in the shadows? I think I saw someone. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. This, however, is the first one. And usually the way they do this is it's, a separate set of cards that you can get that like are a special presentation or maybe they'll make special commander decks like what they did with 40k this is the first one that is getting a full release it is going to be a full set of cards i mean it's lord of the rings how can it is lord of the rings yeah so that means that these will probably these will be completely redone cards all the way through do you think that we're going to get sauron uh as a werewolf oh where what in the Cimmerillion, you can turn into a werewolf. Oh, I thought. You were and they took it out of the show. I think I we'll get him more of the Lord of Lies thing. That'd be cool. The what? Oh, the, the Lord, Lord of Lies. Oh, uh, I think sexy I think, sound. I think you're right. I think Phil's right. I think we get him as a planeswalker card. I mean, yeah, fair. D and D. Oh, that's a good point. D and D had a full set, but I don't think that they considered that Worlds Beyond, since that's also Hasbro owned. Oh, okay. I think that's the distinction yeah. there. I think they just treated D and D as like another plane in the Magic universe. Considering a Which lot of the magic, considering the a lot of the magic and, universes are in D and D as other planes, so that's probably why they mean the first was the first uh, full set for Worlds Beyond. Of course, nowadays, like I had somebody explain this to me, but they have so many options. Like they have set boosters and draft boosters, and I don't even. Uh, like I think the way it was explained to me is like draft boosters are more like the way that they used to be, like booster wise. But set boosters have more rares in them because it was designed when everybody was doing their streams, people opening up cards. So you could just open up cards and it would look cool and it's not 50 million commons. I think I think that's how it goes. So anyways, that was it. Uh, cool. Congrats. We ended Newsapalooza and you all survived. Still uh, here. Everybody gets 5 XP. Level up. Hell yeah. Yes. All right, Philip. why should people uh, back us on Patreon? uh patreon you all should back us on patreon because um there are there are bonus bits uh i know it doesn't sound like a lot but we we goof off we talk we have a good time you see what's going on here on the show that's um what would you say quiz that's only like 12 percent of the shenanigans we get into (laughs) is actually broadcast to the general public very true Okay, so yeah, very true. You gotta head to patreon.com slash boards and swords or boardandswords.com slash Patreon. All right, Mr. Chris over there coded that up properly. It goes to the same place. Same place. At the same time. Uh, and Philip you know, back us for a, what's up? I'm gonna throw so 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 Philip's saying he what he's gonna Does say is you can back us as little as a dollar. But Philip, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you an idea right here on the spot. I'm introduced, I'm doing this live. 
So I believe, I want to say it's at the $100 level. We have that, I think it's like uh, every other month or a quarterly, we're going to do like a game day where like we'll, we'll play with patrons and do roll and rights or board game arena or something. I had an idea, and this is just too good not to do. And that is, uh, if we hit that $100 level, what I want to do in addition to, so as a part of that, like some days it might be that, but some days I want to have uh, watch-along streams. So we did that commentary oh, video for, yeah. for that 90s show. Mm -hmm. We can load a Discord channel up. That We have a Discord channel that's just for patrons. We can load up stuff. There are things I want to watch as a group now uh, as an adult that like, for instance, the 66 Batman movie. I think that would be a blast to watch with people. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Battletech. I think streaming the 90s Battletech show About to, okay. would be hilarious. And to kind of like, you know, Mystery Science Theater, that yes. would be amazing. You know, and we'd have we we'd have everybody that could chat. They could chat in the thing. You know, it'd be Philip and I probably talking, uh, and then having people in the chat. I think that'd be great. Uh, and then I could record it so that you know, if you can't watch along live, you can watch it after the fact. Uh, maybe there might be issues with that. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> just the audio. Maybe just the audio. Probably that. Maybe just the audio. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's a new thing. And uh, <laughs> some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. You probably have no idea any of the stuff I'm talking nope. about. Exactly. The bomb thing. Uh, which means we might have to have you guys on there to watch at least some of the, one of these things. Hmm. Not, I won't make you do all of them. <laughs> I might, you might have to sit through the Batman 66, Adam West, Batman. I've seen the bomb scene. That's enough, right? Is that a, is that the nipples one? No, no, oh, okay. no, 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 this no, is, that, that's... this is the skin tight, like, uh, Robin's wearing shorty shorts, like up yeah. to here. I can get down with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, we didn't have a second episode in February, so I didn't get to promote this much, but I am going to do say it again. Once again, for, for another thing, if we hit $50 in the next month, though, uh, I, am, play that? I am still going to yes. get a group together to play the Valentine's Day module for Dungeon Crawl Classics, which is uh, Love Mutants of Castle Heartache. And I mean, come on now. Like... It's also the fact that this guy looks like Philip right here. He looks so much like Philip. <laughs> <laughs> like, how can we not play this? That is an Althorn if I've ever seen an Althorn. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, there's no way that's me because he's got a girl. Oh. 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 But it, it's it's Althorn. Althorn had girls. Althorn has all the girls. He had that uh, the seamstress. Mm -hmm. That's right. The the maybe this is the seamstress. She, you know, she fell into a vat of goop. <laughs> and now she got a tentacle tongue and webbed hands. Yeah, webbed, yeah, yeah. So she can. I love that the, it's uh, done up like it's like a uh, a romance a novel. Romance novel. Yeah, Brendan the yeah. Sal. So yeah, that only take a dollar, one dollar. Every you know, we just need like twenty five people to donate a dollar, yeah. and this boom. I don't even care if you cancel afterwards. Is that hol? Does it say holiday? Holiday module. Yeah, number yeah. 12. It's the Valentine's Day module oh, for. I love. Yeah, a level three adventure. So we we start getting close. I'll start reading rules. <laughs> Does it say yeah. love in the age of gong farmers? What? Next uh. tw 2022 Valentine's Day module, love in the age of gong farmers. Where are you seeing this? Uh, go slightly to the right with your mouse. So like oh, additional. love in the age of gong farmers. <laughs> you are right about How that. How does one farm a gong? We about to find out. We about to find out. <laughs> This is a level two adventure, so we can technically level up. And then <laughs> this looks strikingly like um, what's the the board game you don't like? 
<laughs> the board game I don't like. Uh, uh, that has this art style. I have no idea what this is. Starts with an N. Uh, oh know. no, it's one that like there's not a whole. Okay, it'll come to me. <laughs> Russell Beta says can't unsee Philip in a bodice ripper. Right yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's oh, right? a bodice ripper. Bodice, bodice ripper. Okay, I'll just let you know how I am. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so yeah. Ever been dumped so hard you transformed into a bloodthirsty mutant monster? We see you, hero. <laughs> <laughs> the mad ungod God of, of mortal, mortal passion, passion lies heartsick after his romantic advances when ignored by the otherworldly object of his affection. Now his cosmic desolation grips our entire world, separating every lover from their other and threatening to end civilization within a generation. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful way to write that. Also, I was talking about Munchkin. Munchkin. Yep, it I had was, Munchkin. I was going to think of the same thing. Gotcha. Oh, now you just, now Philip's going to hang up now. You like Munchkin, Phil? It's his like favorite Ma'am. game of all time. I think it's, it I think it's just, I don't like, I don't like gotcha games. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You like it more than you like Happy Salmon? Uh, Happy Salmon's a great part. Okay. Damn it, Corey. <laughs> Get out of my house. You made me, made me think. <laughs> All right. It's like your favorite movie. You can't pick a favorite movie. Really. Okay, yeah. fair. You pick so, a yeah. top three. Boardsandswords.com slash Patreon. <laughs> you need to find some royalty-free 70s porn music for the game. <laughs> no, we'll just have somebody <laughs> in the background be like, And you got to <laughs> film it with <laughs> a blur <laughs> filter. <laughs> <laughs> and like steam in the background. Oh. Yeah. No, we have to. Oh, I'll get would, dry eyes. It would, take, it would take a lot of work, but we would need to have blurs in like the wrong places like completely <laughs> unnecessarily i'm gonna need so much blur <laughs> don't use up all like, the blur we're, we're all just phillips using all, just all the blur there. we're fine there's nothing wrong but like all of a sudden chris's shoulder is blurred for just no reason <laughs> for the next two minutes brown chicken brown cow you're gonna do this on a 50 dollar budget <laughs> all right twilight so, inscription twilight, so the last part of the show because we've already gone a quite quite a bit uh, but we do have another game to talk about. So you want to grab it down there? Yeah. That's what well, I pu- I'm going to pull up some picks on here. And hey. that, that is the recent game that we've been playing. as Twilight Inscription from Fantasy Flight Games. It's only got a 7.7. Yeah. Rude. Oh. Overall, though, it's 957 of all the games. Okay. Uh, how many is all the games? Probably a lot. Top 1, Multiple thousands. Okay. Like tens of thousands. Does this have anything to do with vampires and werewolves? No. No. Then I'm out. <laughs> You're out? You want it to have something to do with vampires and werewolves? I was so mad when that scene... I know. You say this the all the time. Anytime I bring it up. I'm bring it up, I'm sure that one of the many races... One of the many alien races in this game... Sucks blood. Uh, sucks blood. <laughs> yeah. There's one that's a bat. With no face. Bat with no face. How did Echo locate? I've been through the desert with with a bat with no face. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, if you missed the beginning of the stream, you missed uh, Jimmy and I wrapping up freestyle (laughs) rapping about board games. Well, freestyle something about board games. Freestyle rhyming. It was rapping in it with a with the W R I P. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. To be fair, ten thousand of those games are Monopoly. Hey. Uh, although we did play the Monopoly card game, I don't hate Monopoly that. Card game that's what I've heard. Monopoly better. deal. I've heard that that is the best version of it's Monopoly to play. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard it's a tolerable version to play. It was tolerable. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, it is related somehow to Twilight Imperium. So getting back to the actual game, Twilight Imperium. This is Twilight Imperium inspired roll and write. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, it's by it's the same. People, it's right? it's the same company. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Fantasy, Fantasy flight. flight Games. Fantasy Flight Games. For one to eight players, 90 to 120 minutes. And she's, reading this, minutes. she's reading this upside down. I am. So, uh, yes, it's set in the same universe. It's inspired by, I don't want to say it's Twilight Imperium, the roll and write-ish, but... Um, well, why not? I guess. Te- it's yes. not not. It's not not, yeah. It's got all the same clans. Yeah. Uh, does, so, sorry. Does, one of you want to tell us about the Twilight game? Does Twilight Imperium also take place? So, this says it takes place at the end of the yes. Lazax Empire. Yes. So, okay. So, yeah, it's Twilight Imperium, the Roland Right. So, do one of you want to talk about the game? Okay, well, hear me out. This game kind of complicated, uh, but yeah, you don't need to go like super in depth on how to play. But something great about this game: there's a lot of rules. So, the first time you play, it has a tutorial that brings you through the first. Five to six rounds. Yep. Which is fantastic mm-hmm. because you have to concurrently handle, I would say, four different roll and rights at one time. Correct. There are four sheets, navigation, exploration, industry, and war. And you have to uh, choose which sheet you're going to work on every round. And uh, yeah, uh, do a roll and write, but you're doing four at one time. Mm-hmm. But you also get fun little things like everyone's fighting to get to the capital first, a.k.a. Mechatol Rex. And Which if, is in Twilight Imperium. Fun, fun. If you get there first, you get more points. If you get there second, you get more points. Also, you get extra votes because there are council meetings where everyone mm-hmm. has to debate and uh, choose different like rules that will... Yeah. Con- yeah. Effects. Yep. Effects. So I will say that, that 75% of this game is you're playing the game by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the big difference between this and like Twilight Imperium where Twilight Imperium... And then sure, it might be most of that game you're playing by yourself and then you're occasionally interacting, but it doesn't feel that way. Uh, In this, most of the time, you're navigating, you're doing planets to get stuff, you're unlocking things. However, there are, there are, the other 25% of the game is the council that you're talking about. So like a a card will come up. This is very much like Twilight Imperium where a card will come up with a new rule or a new law is what they call it. And it's uh, usually beneficial for one per- type of person or uh, hurtful to one type of person. And everybody votes for or against it. For this thing happens, against this other thing happens instead. So um, that's 12.5% of your group time. The yeah. other 125 of your group time is war. Is combat. <laughs> Which also very fun. You're fighting the person to your left and the person to your right. If it's a three-player game, everyone's fighting each other. Yep. Four or more than... Uh, you might not fight with someone who's at your table because just your left and right. I do like the combat in this because if you screw up and like complete, like you get penalty or you will not get stuff. Like if you lose, you get minus victory points, like Mm -hmm. minus one for each fight you you lose. lose. Yeah. So, but the way that combat works is there's four different, four different sections. And once you complete a combat uh, round, you draw a new line and all of your builds are from that new line. So basically everyone kind of starts fresh. Mm-hmm. It's a new war. Yeah. So it's a new war. So you kind of forget everything down below and you could like, okay, this time I'm going to focus a little bit more on this sheet. You mm-hmm. do have a limited number of agents or warriors, soldiers you can deploy. Like Correct. you can only give like four of your biggest dudes out. Right. And right. then you're done. But uh, that's the only real limiting factor, I think, in that. And there's a little bit of a Tetris aspect of yeah. each of the. So the way that the combat works is. Each of the types of ships that you would get in Twilight Imperium, like the cruisers, the the, the dreadnoughts, the war suns, they all have a special shape, and you draw that shape on this grid, and that's like, I've placed this thing. 
So, like, if you draw, like, a big war sun, that that might limit, like, oh, I won't be able to fit this carrier in because I don't have three straight dots in a line to draw. Which, again, us loving Tetris, fucking great. <laughs> um, what else? There's also, in the tutorial, they don't have you play with... Uh, factions? Fa- n- not factions, the, like, end game Oh, yeah. Uh, objectives. objectives. Yep. Objectives are great because you can feel a bit... Feel a bit unmoored playing this. You're like, what am I going to do to get points? Yeah. So it gives you a bit of a uh, something to strive for. And you mentioned factions. So yeah, like all 25 of the factions are in this game. 24. 24. Yep. Oh, the tw- okay. So they didn't have. There's there's a 25th one in the in, the, but that was like a print and play in uh-huh. uh, in the main game. So I guess they must not have brought that one ported over. Ported it over. They must not have ported that one over. Um. So, and each faction has special rules and things that they tweak. Um, yep. So, and so we've played this game probably ten times, and yeah. it's been fun and different every time because the factions are yeah. very different from each other. Yeah. They give you special. I don't abilities. know if it's that different because two of those games I was in, a minimum of two of those games I was in, Jimmy played the same race, and they oh, both no. ended up very similar. <laughs> The Emirates of the Emirates of Hakan. Yes, yeah, they're nice. They're the the people lions. On the front. Yeah, the lions on yeah. the front. I uh, yeah, their their ability is pretty nice. But uh, like Corey was saying, um, you know, we've played a lot of different factions, and it doesn't feel like any of them are significantly overpowered. overpowered. Or Which underpowered is nice. Relative yeah, to the others. there are kind of minuses to a lot. Like even if one's superpowered. There's like a minus put in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one of the ones I played where you get extra, like an extra die roll, basically, worth of stuff. Uh, also, at the same time, you only get it if you go in order of each of each thing. So, like, if you need to do, if you need to jump out of order and go do warfare, well, you're not going to get the bonus anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you've just, yeah, that's rough. But uh, so you may remember from our PAX Unplugged episode, I talked about a game called Sonora, which was also a well, it was a flick and write. Right. Um, but that also had four different like sheets that you interact mm. with. But um, so it's kind of reminiscent of this game. I think this game, Twilight Inscription, achieves there's more synergy, I think, between the sheets because you'll unlock currencies on one sheet right. that you could spend on other sheets. And that's Sonora. That's not really a thing, but which um, that adds into that builds. That's why it looks a little intimidating and confusing, yeah. especially that the it's one of those. The first game, you just kind of have to just go with it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to understand what you're doing until the very end. But once you get it, this game goes fast. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. It says 90 to 120 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, if you're playing with people who play quickly you could get this game done in 45 minutes yeah so that is one difference between this and although it is different from twilight imperium this isn't going to take 12 hours to play but whereas twilight imperium is a long version of a regular board game this is a long version of a roll Roll and write yeah (laughs) um how did y'all feel about them orange chalk markers um i mean i think it's the right color to choose the right yeah yeah the the colors the colors work but I mean, the chalk markers are a little iffy to me because they dry out. They dry out a little bit easier, and like also, it's a little bit more work to clean them off. Yeah. I mean, I understand it somewhat because it means like if I don't go, oops, and like yeah. it's not like yeah. my entire stuff is gone. I guess I do worry that I mean it, it probably won't happen for a long time, but if those markers ever dry out, like you're you, gonna have to get like neon orange markers. Yeah. 
You can buy in them order at to see anything Joanne's. On. I think I just I'd skip the chalk markers and just go with like uh, overhead projector markers. If you're gonna, you that, if you yeah. if you want something that's not like dry erase to where it's you easily just get gonna wet go wet erase. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like that's the route to go if you don't want to go the dry erase. Just go the get the vis a vis. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I like this yeah, game. Fun a game. Whole lot. Uh, I think it's sixty dollars. I think it's the only way and I'll ever play Twilight. <laughs> Probably one to, one to eight players, y'all. Yeah, it is. Although. That would be crazy. So the downside to this is you pretty much anyone you want to teach the game to, and you guys have taught it to somebody. We taught it with teaching people with the tutorial. We also taught our friend Anelia, who is very board game literate. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like throwing a rando in. Right. But we yeah. taught her without the tutorial. And How she, did that go? She caught it fine. Okay. Yeah. Like it seems to me like anyone you'd want to play this, you have to kind of run them through the tutorial uh, and then like, okay, now we're going to play. But like, you're not going to roll up with eight people and teach them how to play this. Honestly, I think the tutorial way is the nicer way to do it. Cause yeah. She was definitely overwhelmed, but yeah. she was okay. Yeah. But yeah, I this is now one of my new favorite rolling rights to play. Like we, we, we t- I'll, I'll reiterate what I, I said mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah. of the show, whereas there's the two kinds of rolling rights for me where like overall, you know, Railroad Inc. is probably one of my favorites just because of it's easy to teach people. Mm-hmm. Um but then there's other games where you play them with like your gamery groups. Yeah. Previously, that spot was cartographers. Yeah. Uh, this now kind of trumps that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is now my new favorite version of that that style of game. Like I still will play cartographers, but I do like I really like this game. Yeah. yeah. And it does give me the vibes that I do like about Twilight Imperium that I won't. The, the, the things I like about Twilight Imperium are in this. They're not as involved as, say, that game. But I'm kind of looking at it on my shelf like, might be time for you to go. Oh? Well, just because, A, if you're not gonna play it, I'm not going to play it. And if I do want to play it, I, there's, like, so many people around in this area that have it. Very fair. Um, and now you or, can... or specifically the people that I'm going to play it with, prop, one of them pr- I, I know Probably definitely has it. What uh? What is this new mini game that you're gonna play now that you have to sell Twilight Imperium for? To oh buy my gosh! Mini? Don't even get me started on. A- <laughs> Fair. I do want to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> the new episode. No, no, that that's uh, that'll Next be next week. That'll be. I think that was on. I think I had started recording by then. So, uh, t- <laughs> that'll be in the bonus bits for people. Bonus. Or there I'll re- I'll repeat it again for Philip. It's a, uh, he's got to buy the leg to a Titan, not a whole Titan. Yeah. Just the leg. By the the way, there is a Titan owner's club, apparently. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I just want to know how many of those people 3D printed their Titans. Like, I'm not serious. Like, there is a group for, that's going to the Nova Open that has a, uh, thing called the the, the Titan owner's club. And they're having events where they do, like, a parade of, like, your Titans. (laughs) Aww. Or or they're playing. So there's the Adeptus Titanicus game, which is basically like the Warhammer version of BattleTech. But they're playing it, and normally it's played where like the 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 night the night that I have here, like this is the scale of what the Titan is. Like normally, uh, then let me go to full screen so that people can actually maybe be able to see this. It's All right, big boy. So this is an Imperial Knight in regular 40k right here. All right. Now in regular 40k, a Titan. At its minimum is like this tall. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So it's like a my size dancing Barbie. Like I've <laughs> there are there are classes of titans that are six feet tall, and I'm not lying about that. Nice. Uh, in order to be part of the Titan Owners Club, you have to. Oh, I did not know that. That's a good thing to know. You have to submit your certificate of authenticity. 
So that means you have to have actually. So it's an elitist club. You can't 3D print it. You can't 3D print it because you have to the, those those things are like thousand dollar minimum. Yeah, okay. <laughs> on on Forge World. So it's like a National Society of High School Scholars thing where you. Yeah, I paid to get into this book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in that Good book. Night, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, in the game that I was talking about, the the they're doing full size Adeptus Titanicus, where uh, the normal game the Titans are that size, they're the, the size of normal Imperial Knights. But no, they're going to be playing it with the full size <laughs> Titans oh. on the floor. That's where you don't have a table. You don't play this on a tabletop. It is remove the tables. <laughs> the floor is our battlefield yep. now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty basically fun. Robo Rally at a Gen Con. That's what kind of. Yeah. yeah. I almost wondered, like, do they then put them on wheels so you could actually like oh. or do you have to like pick it up, move it? <laughs> That, those must be fun to paint and also a pain in the butt. So much present. Yeah, we had one One of the two-foot-tall ones was at our Extra Life charity event, and the guy had to, like, buckle it into his car seat yeah. with, like, because like a little child. It's too heavy to uh, just put in your car without buckling it. Yeah, or, yeah, because the first time you hit that, it's just going to go flying. So, I've seen that game at Adepticon several years. I am not surprised, so. That's fun. But, yeah, that's... uh. That's all we. I think that's a good. That's a good place to stop. We've. It's been a big episode, and I did. I had stuff for a third segment just in case we went quick through the other stuff, but <laughs> no we've chance. we've had enough here. So uh, I'm gonna hit that that beautiful bean footage here. Warning. Nope. That's the wrong. Nope, that's the wrong. Jokes. Stop nope. that one. That's gonna wrap up this week's episode, everyone. If you want to catch the show live, we record mostly every other Monday. Boardandswords.com slash live. It's got the schedule and the links to all of our streaming channels. All right, send us feedback. If you liked this episode, if I need to expand the news just a tiny bit, let me know. It might be hard. Or you could be like, no, never again. That was too many bad jokes. It was too many. Let me know. That's how I thrive is listening to your feedback. Feedback at boardsandswords.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Boards and Swords Pod and at Boards and Swords Chris. And uh, there we go. Uh, Boardsandswords.com for links to everything like our Patreon. Check it out. Help support the show. And in the meantime, we'll be back in another two weeks with another show. Thanks, Corey and Jimmy, for being on. Uh, I got to go look and see what's the next game I'm going to uh, make them. I mean, ask them <laughs> to help me review. We have Flourish at our house right now. <laughs> and Horizon Zero Dawn and Root and they all belong to you <laughs> yes they do in the meantime remember that every gamer has a story and this one didn't take 12 hours to play <laughs> bye bye goodbye now <laughs> au revoir arrivederci sayonara Ciao. <laughs> I have to hit that on my head hard enough to actually make a thump so you can understand that. <laughs> That's how he says goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>